shoulda and woulda. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin quarter mile. Are you serious? They all play here. Coach would have put me in fourth quarter. We'd have been state champions, no doubt. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. He still hasn't given up his dream of becoming a member of the Beastie Boys. Mm, drop! Scott Prather on The Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette. The best ticket in sports. It does go well with a chicken. Welcome back into The Great Scott Show. Joining me now is the Vice President of Intercollegiate Athletics, referred to by many of you as Athletic Director at the University of Louisiana. Dr. Brian Maggard is on with us. Dr. Maggard, good morning. Uh, first off, I hope you got some sleep last night because I'm sure last week you didn't get very much. You know, it's getting better each night now. But, uh, no, I'm uh, excited to start this week. Brand new head football coach, new chapter, and uh, it's time to rock and roll. All right, before before we get into the new chapter, and that is where we're going to spend a lot of this conversation, um, that atmosphere on Saturday night, uh, Louisiana mm-hmm. wins first outright Sunbelt Conference Championship, first conference championship since 1970, outright anyway. Um, you know, large student section, uh, the home side of Cajun Field was was pretty pretty lively, pretty packed. I don't know if it's because they were just loving football. How many of them were, as you like to say, maybe sauced up? Regardless of why or how, obviously the product on the field had something to do with it. But uh, the fans that were there were, were loud, man. That was, a, that was from an attendance and atmosphere standpoint. That was one of the more memorable games in Cajun Field history. Oh, no doubt. And I think that's you know, the way it can and should be every home game. But uh, I do want to say, you know, for everybody listening right now, and if you know people who are at the game and aren't listening, uh, a huge thank you, you know, for myself personally, our athletics department, and certainly our football program. That crowd made a difference. There's no doubt about it. It was an electrifying atmosphere, and I can tell you, being on the sideline, when that uh, crowd was cheering and yelling, it was a piercingly loud sound. So thank you, everybody. When I chatted with you Friday in this studio about your search and the amount of time you were putting into looking for the next head coach, uh, there were some sleuths that were trying to read between the lines. I I will say this. I felt like there were maybe a few hints that an offer for Michael Desermo might be coming. Uh, Reportedly, you made him an offer a few hours after that on Friday. Uh, when, when, When was the exact time and when did you know? during the process, okay, this is my first choice? You know, I think we uh, kind of narrowed in on Mike sometime on Thursday of last week. The exact time, I don't know. But um, I'll take that back. We, it would have happened uh, early Friday morning. Uh, we, just, we didn't have the, the process finalized. and get my days mixed up here. So early Friday morning is when we really – honed in on that, weighing all of our options, and it was about Friday around noon, a little bit before is when I had the chance to meet with Mike, and uh, I brought him in as if I had a few more follow-up questions you know, uh, for him after we had met earlier in the week, and uh, he graciously came over, and I just told him, you know, the final question I have is, would you accept the offer to be the next head football coach at the University of Louisiana? And he very adamantly accepted that offer. Hi, uh, what, what, are the, what are the details of this offer, uh, Dr. Maggard, if I might ask? You know, we'll, we'll share that tomorrow uh, at the press conference. Uh, there'll be a press conference 
uh, tomorrow at 3 p.m. over in the stadium club at Russo Park, and that's when we'll be prepared to share the general terms of his upcoming contract. How, how many uh, did you actually interview? I know that you probably scoured through a lot more than you actually narrowed down and talked to. How many did you talk to? You know, we, we talked to uh, – uh, I, I personally spoke with um, – with uh, four individuals, I'll leave it at that. But, um, you know, as I said earlier, we had internal and external candidates, and uh, we wanted to be very thorough in this process. But, uh, you know, the more we concluded and deliberated and talked with people, we recognized that the man we needed right now was on the staff currently, and Mike Gizmo checked all of our boxes. I know, you know, we asked you last night, you, you won't give us names of other um, candidates you interviewed, but you, you, met, you said external and internal. Was there, was there anyone else on the staff that you talked to? You know, again, I'll uh, refrain from any of that because I think, you know, if I, if I answer that question, yes, it may be possible to figure out who it is. If I answer no, um, you know, let's just leave it. <laughs> I talked with people internally and externally and, uh, we landed on the right guy. Dr. Brian Maggard, our guest. I'm Scott Prather, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. So, again, these are some of these questions are, are out of curiosity. I don't, I've never, I'm not an AD, right? I've never interviewed someone for a head coaching position. So, a two part question here How long does an interview typically last? And how long was the initial interview with Coach Desermo? You know, we, uh, I'm trying to think of it. The, the time spent with Mike was uh, probably around four hours. And, uh, you know, it uh, went very, very well. And I would say the same really with uh, any other candidates that we met with was somewhere in that time frame. So, you know, they're rather lengthy. Uh, you want to make sure you uh, really get a feel of the candidate and, and uh, just the different aspects of their personalities and experiences based on our job needs. But, uh, no, I think, Mike, it was pretty close to four hours that we met. If, you know, I know you're a father, uh, I would like to think that one day um, a, a young man would have enough respect to get your hand when they go to ask one of your daughters to marry them. How long would that interview last? Are we talking four hours? <laughs> it may very well be, uh, depending on the candidate. Um, that, that's no, an I important think, candidate yeah. pool right there. Um, all right. That's right. All right, let me let me get back to business here. What uh so what what I know you've you've um you've commented on it, but what specifically stood out the most that that lean you toward okay, he's of these four I've talked to, he's the one I'm going to make the offer to. You know, I would just say that uh during this whole process I was able to talk to a lot of our football student athletes. Um, I was able to talk to a lot of people who knew Mike personally and, um, you know, just came down to, for me, the given was that he he knew our system, right? He has a high football acumen. Um, you know, he's very, very familiar with the state of Louisiana. And so for me, it was a situation that, uh, between all those things and the fact that it was very apparent that he, I had amazing relationships with our nationally ranked roster in that locker room. Uh, I think that was something that certainly gave him a, a bit of an edge over anyone else. 
And again, a lot of factors go into it outside of that. But, but for me, that's that's just such a huge part of the process and the and the relationship aspect of being a head coach. So um, that was a big big piece of it for me. And uh, again, we just had kind of an advantage uh, knowing our system. You know what we have today isn't broke. And as I told the team yesterday, when I met with some of them who were in that room in 2017 of December, we had a broken product. We needed to rebuild. We needed to reset. And this is not the case now. We need to keep this thing going and continue to enhance and advance it. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Dr. Maggard visiting with us now. What did uh, what did what did Coach Napier tell you about Mike? I know you asked him his opinion. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I certainly value coaches thoughts and opinion on this. You know, he has a, a bird's eye view as well as a you know, really good inside view of everything and, and he was unbelievably supportive to the point where, you know, when I asked him in his opinion do we have anybody in front of he certainly mentioned Coach Desimo. And uh, for a variety of reasons, many of which we discovered throughout our interview and search process. But uh, you know, he's extremely supportive of and I know he's very happy and he considers Mike to be a good friend, and uh, he's always going to be a phone call away if Mike ever needs him for anything. But uh, no, he was extremely supportive of Mike Desmond. Dr. Maggot, our guest, this is the great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. Obviously, your, your overall confidence in Coach Desimo to, to continue to push this program to new heights is high. Um, I, I said this in my opening segment. Um, I know that there's a homely feel-good aspect of this story for some, being that he played excuse me, at UL and, you know, has a lot of, it just has a lot of history at, at the university and within the program. But I, I describe that as sort of like icing on the cake. I, I know that that feel good thing is, is nice, but you're not making this promotion for, because it's a, it's a feel good story. It's, it's part of it. I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay it. I'm just I just got to remind folks, you know, when you make a hire, I, I, am I am I putting it too bluntly, Doctor Magger, when I say with every hire, especially a football hire, in a lot of ways, you're you're kind of putting your career on the line. Something that's that important for your job, you're not going to do for feel good reasons. If the icing comes with a cake, so be it. But it's it's so much deeper than that. Absolutely, you know, I think the fact that. You know, Mike is what I would consider a true son of the University of Louisiana and certainly somebody who's highly revered and respected in this area. Um, yeah, that's that's just a byproduct of this particular hire. Uh, and it is icing on the cake, but it didn't have anything to do to factor into our decision. You know, we, we believe that Mike Desimo is absolutely the right person for this job right now. Uh, he has the intangibles. You know, and we didn't set out, you know, to find somebody that, has a lot in common with Bill Napier, but those two have a lot in common just from their um, the intrinsic uh, attributes that they bring. You know, they're both humble guys. They're both men of integrity and high character, uh, both great leaders, tremendous motivators. Uh, they build amazing relationships with the student-athletes, both very genuine. Um, and so, you know, there, again, there are a lot of similarities between the two, but, again, that was not a requisite when we set out to find our next head coach. And so, um, no, this is an important decision for all of us. I told the team that yesterday before I announced him. I said we had to be thorough. I, I needed to make sure that we hired um, the best coach we could for this program right now. Uh, and there's a reason why we looked outside as well as inside. There's a reason why I spoke with 
so many student athletes that I did. Um, there's a reason why I spoke to people in the building, to people throughout the state and certainly across the country, um, about a variety of different people and a variety of different things. So we were very thorough. I know uh, we were able to make this decision in what seems to be a relative short amount of time, but uh, rest assured, we planned probably what seemed to be four weeks of work in about a week and a half. Dr. Maggard, our guest, ESPN Lafayette. Uh, how much of your conversation with Coach Desermo was about assembling the necessary staff? And uh, how much do you foresee, you know, guys that are currently working with him remaining at you? Yeah, we talked extensively about staff. That was a huge part of our conversation. And, you know, at the time that he and I were visiting, uh, you know, we knew that we were going to lose Coach Tony. Uh, to Florida, so and we also knew we were going to lose Coach Hockey, and you know, regardless, uh, if you're an offensive-minded coach, uh, one of the most important positions you're going to hire on your staff is the defensive coordinator, and certainly everybody knows the importance and value of your head strength coach, a critical, critical hire for any coach, whether they're on the offense or defensive side of the ball. So we talked extensively about that, and we did talk about the rest of the staff, and um, you know, uh, we knew going into this that. Had Coach Napier stayed, right, if there was no transition, we weren't going to make any changes on our staff. Uh, Billy put together an unbelievable group of men who are also fantastic coaches and uh, were gelling very well. Um, and so my, my belief would be that Mike would keep all the remaining coaches on staff that want to be here, and I think they want to be here. They know we've got a great thing going. They want to continue to be a part of it. So I'm hoping that the, the transition will be minimal, but we know for sure that Coach Jaluk is gone. That'll be a big hole to fill from a state of Louisiana recruiting standpoint. And then uh, we need to go out and get us a great defensive coordinator and a really, really good head string coach. All right, ESPN Lafayette. Uh, so Coach Napier told us Saturday to, to just follow up on what you just said that he was only taking a few with him. And, and as it was reported last night, and you've just verified uh, Patrick Tony, Mark Hockey, Jabbar Jaluk, he said, we're taking a small group right now, and, you know, we, we've got signing day coming up and a quick turnaround. And he, he, I took it as almost insinuating there may be a little more after that. I, I, I'm just looking. I mean, can you elaborate on that at all, or, or is it what you just said? You yeah. anticipate most of the staff being back, aside from the ones you just mentioned. Right. Well, I'm, I do know Coach has taken a, a good number of the support staff members, you know, people who work in his uh, recruiting department and some operations uh, folks and things like that. And so, you know, people who uh, do a lot behind the scenes uh, in non-coaching capacities. A lot of those individuals uh, probably are in Gainesville right now. I think they left on uh, on Sunday to to go down there. So, uh, you know, I think uh, we'll have a coach. Des will have a good number of support staff people to to replace. But I know right now his focus is on recruiting. The official visit weekend coming up, signing day, and this bowl game. Well, I know uh, Billy had close to. 40 analysts uh, throughout his time, and that's quite a bit. Does, does Des plan on having quite that many? And, and if he does, are you are you ready to, uh, you know, to give him whatever he needs in that regard? Yeah, you know, we're not going to take any steps back on, on the level of support for that program. Um, now, Mike may uh, slice in a little bit differently uh, to some degree, uh, 
but that's a little bit uh, premature for me to talk about now because I honestly don't know. I think he's – I know he has a plan. We talked about it during the interview process. But right now, uh, I know he is on the recruiting trail, focused on that and preparing for this upcoming bowl game. Yeah, I know he was uh, – he hopped on a plane this morning uh, and okay. early, and, and he's out on the recruiting trail. Um, I think – there were maybe 11 commitments, 10 last I heard, and, um, you know, after the Napier news, and I, I'm sure he's trying to keep all of those and get out there and do okay. whatever he can do. Um, ESPN Lafayette, Dr. Maggard, has uh, has been our guest. Uh, you mentioned the bowl game. As expected, the Arnell Carriers New Orleans Bowl, um, it's against Marshall, and folks that are interested in, in tickets, we've got a story up right now over at ESPNLafayette.com. Uh, all the details and how you can go get them and get them through the university, which is always very important. You know, you don't just go to SeatGeek and do, well, you don't know where it's coming from. So definitely helps when you buy it through the university. Um, what I, I, I get into this with fans a lot. I, I think New Orleans is a great destination for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, the options of a 12-1 and Sunbelt team when it's not a select six. ESPN owns so many bowls. ESPN's in a contract with the Sun Belt. And I think because there is a, how, how would I put this, a very small percentage chance that ESPN, if they wanted to, could just sort of throw a bunch of cards on a table and move a bunch of stuff around, not something they typically do. You know, more times than not, a lot of the time, you're going to be playing in a bowl with a Sunbelt tie-in. And this year, I know the New Orleans Bowl uh, exercised their right to have uh, the first choice. And being that their five biggest attended games in the history of the program, in the history of the bowl have been when UL played in it, it didn't take a rocket scientist to know that they were... I mean, I saw Billy Ferenczi walking around Cajun Field on Saturday. Everyone, everyone knew that, that they were heading there. But I guess for some of the fan base, Dr. Maggard, that don't understand sort of the intricacies and ESPN and the TV contract, could you elaborate a little bit on how it works and this idea of, man, I mean, the, the sugar or the cotton and, and sort of what it, the reality of that versus, um, you know, what, what the Cajuns are doing. And again, I, I for one... I love New Orleans. I used to live there. I visited often, and the New Orleans Bulls have been pretty fun. And it's been a it's been a while since the Cajuns have been play have played in one. Yeah, you know, for me personally, Scott, I'm extremely excited because Kerry uh, and I we have yet to experience the New Orleans Bowl. We've heard so many great things about it. Uh, just the turnout of our fans, both those from New Orleans and, and here from uh, Lafayette and throughout the Cajun. So we're very excited personally. I think it's going to be a great. A city, a great atmosphere for this record-setting football team to, to finalize its season and hopefully end at 13-1, and which is just remarkable. Um, but the way that works is, to your point, we do, uh, as, a, as a conference, we are contracted with five specific bowls. Three of those bowls uh, are owned by ESPN, and the other two, uh, the one in Mobile and the New Orleans Bowl, uh, those are independently ran. Uh, within our bowl agreement, the New Orleans Bowl has an opportunity four times out of a six-year contract period to select first the University of Louisiana. And so they're exercising that, that option this year. But we are the only team that, if they choose to exercise that pick, 
that they can pick. Um, and so I think it makes perfect sense this year to do it. You know, really excited about the uh, opponent in Marshall, uh, an upcoming Sun Belt uh, member. And I think it's going to be a very competitive game and one that I really, really hope uh, Cajun Nation comes out in full force because we need a great crowd and, and there's uh, no better opportunity in the great state of, or excuse me, the great city of New Orleans to, to watch Coach Desimo uh, coach and call his first game. You, you uh, four out of six years. How many years are left on the the current contract between the Sun Belt and and the Bulls? Yeah, I knew you were going to ask that. I, I think we're around. We have maybe two years left. Okay. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I think it's something like that. For some reason, I'm thinking uh, 24 is when we're done, but um, 24, 25, one of the two. What what you, you, Louisiana's playing Marshall? Could Marshall be in the Sun Belt as soon as next year? There's been some chatter about uh, yeah. some of the teams trying to get there sooner rather than later. Yes, I think you'll see all team, all, all schools and all sports, with the exception of James Madison football, to start competing in the Sun Belt next season for the 22-23 academic year. And the reason James Madison cannot do it is because as they move up from FCS to FBS, uh, they've got a, a, a two-year window. But I think they're trying to get some type of waiver that would allow them to be uh, able to come on board for the 23 season. So uh, very excited about that opportunity. I'm not sure that's finalized just yet, but that's what we're certainly anticipating. And I know our conference office will be working around the clock to, to get all the sports schedules aligned and adjusted for the upcoming academic year. 38 after the hour. Circling back, uh, I, I meant to ask you this earlier. Uh, does, does Coach Desimo plan on being the play caller? Is that something that was discussed? It is, and that's something that, uh, you know, he and I talked about extensively. Now, again, um, you know, I don't know a whole lot about that to be real candid with you, right, in terms of uh, uh, the play calling abilities and, and or, you know, how it would best work, you know, for a head coach to do that. But, um, you know, I do know what his role is on the current staff. I know he is the one signaling the calls in to Levi. I know he's the one who's involved in adjustments on the sideline. And everyone I spoke to, Coach Napier included, uh, had zero concerns about Mike Desimore calling our, calling our plays. But I do, I do believe Mike uh, has a vast interest in doing that. Well, you'll get a chance to see it uh, in, uh, man, not that long. What, 12 days? I know it. Uh, quick turnaround. I'm sure here. by Very the cool. time Christmas uh, comes, you're probably going to sleep for about four days. Uh, Dr. Maggard has been our guest. Uh, anything else you want to add uh, to the to the listeners, fan base, or, or you know, I, I guess a good way to close this, Dr. Yeah. Maggard, is there anything that, any misunderstanding or, or misconception, rather, that you see out there, whether it pertains to a hire or a bowl game or, sure. or the like? Uh, you know, I would just say, um, you know, I think uh, some people might question, and you kind of hit on this, that, you know, because this has been Coach Desmond's only stop, you know, is he, is he not yet prepared to be, a, to be a head coach? Did he need to go away for a period of time? And, you know, I think Mike Desimo would say this, and I certainly would, that he was really fortunate in that that outside experience came to him and a guy named Billy Napier as opposed to him having to go away. And so he, he's had the last four years to learn under one of the best football coaches in America, in my opinion. I don't think there's any coach out there that wouldn't give a lot 
to spend four years with Billy Napier. And Billy came in, he provided a blueprint, laid a foundation. Uh, Mike Desimo was a key part in getting that implemented. He knows this system very well. Uh, the system that incorporates training, um, scheming, character development, all those kinds of things. He is a, he is ready to take these reins. It's not broke. We don't need to fix it. And we just need to continue to enhance it and advance it. Uh, and then finally, you know, people might think because you've only been in one spot, you may have limited networking capabilities. And I will tell you with Mike Desimo, he has a very large network. You know, everybody he's worked with for the past six years, not just the four years, but the six years at this university, uh, trust me, the college football network, although it's pretty large in, in number, it's really small and tight. And uh, Mike Desimo uh, is highly respected in this coaching industry. He is very well networked. And uh, he is going to have access to tremendous resources moving forward, just like any other coach here would have. And so I could not be more excited for him to take the reins. Dr. Maggard, I appreciate you taking the time this morning. We'll, uh, we'll maybe talk again uh, next week as uh, bowl week approaches. I look forward to talking to Coach yes, Desermo soon uh, when he gets back uh, and touchdowns back here in Acadiana from the road recruiting. and. I know he'll be officially announced uh, tomorrow, as you said, with a uh, 3 o'clock press conference. So all the best. Appreciate it. And we'll talk soon. All right. And thank you to all the Cajun Nation for showing up Saturday. Tremendous, tremendous atmosphere. And uh, trust me when I say our best days lie ahead. All right. Thank you, Dr. Maggard. Thank you.